David and I are standing here with two of our favorite people in aviation. Tell, introduce our friends. You mean Barry Valentine? Yeah. Uh, I'm not really sure where to start with his background. He's only been around the business a short time, kind of a newcomer. Did work for some friendly agency involved in aviation once. Uh, I think he directed aviation in Maine, although I have a hard time seeing him directing traffic. Barry Valentine. And Kate? Kate uh, Dougherty still? Dougherty, yes. Okay. Well, Kate was one of the founding triumvirate of Cirrus Aircraft and has since moved on to the green pastures of Kestrel Aircraft. Now, are you Common a common denominator being some guy named Klapmeyer, first name Allen, and I believe there's a family tie in there somewhere too, but that has nothing to do with why she's there. She's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank so are, are you a full-time staff with Kestrel, or are you just working with them? Or Well, it varies from week to week and month to month, what, what exactly constitutes full-time or part-time. Uh, right now, I am working as a contractor for Kestrel Aircraft because I deemed that it was more important that Kestrel's resources go to the very important pieces of let's get the airplane designed and let's get it to market. Sooner than later, I'll be uh, full-time. Well, tell us the news for Kestrel. What's going on? Well, well, it's very exciting news to some of us and very disappointing news to some folks on the East Coast. But uh, as it turns out, Kestrel is going to be staying up in the Midwest instead of being out on the East Coast. And, And as a resident of Duluth, Minnesota, where my father, who's 96, still is still alive and resides in seven of the 12 siblings, 11 siblings, also live in Duluth. I'm thrilled to be able to, to stay there, although I was looking at property in May. Yeah, so. yeah. so you all are going to set up in Wisconsin? In Wisconsin. In so Superior, will that Wisconsin. Kestrel logo change to something cheesy? <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> so how about the development program? How's that going? Well, the great work has been done on the development of the aircraft, and we're very excited about where it's going. It's uh, People can expect a quintessential Alan Klapmeyer, although he would say, I just come up with the ideas and they're the ones that put it, my team puts it to work. One of the great things about working for Alan is uh, we know we're all in this together. And it makes for a very dynamic and challenging and uh, inspiring project to be a part of. Have you guys announced any dates of when we're going to actually see some stuff? Uh... Well, you know... Um, We're keeping things fairly close to our chest at this point. If there's one of the lessons that we did learn when we were on our previous project was dates are very fluid. (laughs) And depending on on what is going on, uh, we're keeping things very close to our chest. But I can tell you, a great deal of development work has been done on the airplane. Um, We are... We are talking to all of our vendors, at possible, possible vendors and vendors at this point, and we're getting ready to start construction of the first building in Superior, Wisconsin. Excellent, excellent. Barry, hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What are you up to these days? Oh, I, as you know, I'm the perennial uh, attempted retiree, and the phone keeps ringing, so I'm not quite there yet. And uh, but uh, I think uh, last time I talked to you guys, I had moved back up to Maine. That's yep. And uh, living on the mid. I knew you had moved. Quite frankly, I didn't realize it was Maine. Welcome yeah, to New England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back back to Maine. We're on the mid coast in Camden, Maine. Loving it. Camden is a beautiful it. town, isn't it? It's a great place, great area, and it puts me closer to a good buddy of mine that I know. Uh, David knows you guys have met uh, John Miller, who's got a lovely grass strip up near Bangor, Maine, and uh, he and I have just acquired access. 
Or, that's okay. It'll that's right. yeah, or as they like to say, banger main. Right? Yeah, banger main if you listen to the old song. Yeah. And uh, we just acquired access to a lovely CA-11. We've been flying off its crash trip. So we're having a great time. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, what's the news? What, what are you looking at or excited about here at Sun and Fun this year? First of all, I'm excited that the weather is fabulous. Because <laughs> I was here last year. Yeah, no, t- no tornadoes got, in sight yet. got to participate yet. in the tornado. Yeah. And uh, so fortunately, nature's being kind to us to make up for it this year. So that's exciting. And, and as always, I walk the grounds, look to see what's new, uh, both inside the buildings and outside on, on the ramp. And, and, of course, fantasize about which one of these airplanes I would like if I win the lottery tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And which one would that be? Oh, I don't know. We were walking around last night looking. You know, it was pretty quiet after everybody leaves. And, and so I just taking a look out here. And about every third airplane was, boy, I'd like to have one of those. I'd like to have one of those. So, I, you know, and that's the magic question. If you, if you won the lottery and you could only choose one airplane, what would it be? Uh, but given where I'm living now, I'd want it to be something you can land on land, land on water, and provide a great view of the countryside. That's what would interest me these days. Maybe even be able to land on snow and ice. And land on snow and ice, which we have been doing this winter. We took the PA-11 over to a fly-in on the ice, and because we didn't have any snow to speak of in Maine this winter, the ice was really ice. I, I know that, actually. Yeah, I had occasion, a buddy of mine gave me a ride in his uh, ski-equipped Cub just recently, and uh, and we had no snow to land on, but we landed on a couple of lakes that still had a little bit of ice on it, and that was a lot of fun. That was the first time I've ever done that. That was a, a really a lot of fun. It's great fun. It's, it's great really fun. slick. It, it, yeah, 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 there we go, David. Yeah. No, it was, it was great fun. It was a little bit windy that day, and the only problem is once you get out of the airplane, how do you tie it down? And uh, we ended up having to drag it and stiff the tailwheel and the remnants of a snowbank that keep from blowing away. That's exactly the problem we had. So yeah, uh, do you still pay attention to uh, the, the federal world uh, policy, or are, are there any issues? That, I mean, what's what's the latest? You know, user fees kind of is gone, but not gone, and you know what else is important? Yeah, uh, user fees at least are in advance for the moment. I mean, they're in a plan, but I don't I don't necessarily think they'll ever, ever materialize. I mean, that's one of those things, as you know, that comes up every few All the time, years, yeah. and then and then. As the associations say, that's their raison d'etre to, to go on and push them back down in their little hole again until they pop and, up and this again. Has so. been, this has been the Frankenstein monster going oh, back, what, to Carter? Oh, way back, way back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. You know, I remember um, uh, somebody at the AOP once saying that, the, that the, uh, you know, the government was its best membership drive organization there is because mm-hmm. it continually comes up with reasons why you know, you have to be on alert and you got to push back. Yeah. So are there any other federal aviation issues that should be on our radar no, as, as pilots? As, as you know, um, both EAA and AOPA have put in the request for there to be the driver's license medical mm-hmm. for our airplanes a little above the current color point on light sport aircraft. And I think that's a great idea. Um, and, uh, they, of course, the, the big picture item up here about all the time is next generation and how that's going to be paid for and uh, what that's going to cost. But that's sort of beyond our scope other than GA's concern about, okay, if you have to equip, who's going to pay for the equipage and what's that going to cost as we move forward. So that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. Any, any, you hear anything from your old friends at the 800 Independence on their attitude, their thoughts about the, the petition? I mean, not anything official. But, um, no, I haven't heard anything official or unofficial, although 
um, as has been evidenced with the light sport, if you approach it the right way and, and that you can show evidence that, that, you know, it's the equivalent level of safety issue. If you can show evidence that doing this will not denigrate safety in any way, then there's really no logical reason not to go ahead and do so. It's a real benefit to doing so. So I think I think that's something that's got a, got a pretty good chance. Well, that, it, it occurred to us, we were talking the other night, uh, that this proposal is structured in, in such a way that it may actually stand uh, scrutiny and make it through as opposed to the earlier proposal, which a lot of people liked, but wasn't formed properly, wasn't formatted properly, didn't go through the bureaucracy, and was a lot broader. But just those logistical things kind of gave it speed bumps that it normally wouldn't, it shouldn't have needed to, to, to go over. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this plays out. As you just hit the key thing I'd heard from one guy was that they're approaching it the right way. They're using kind of the same technique and the same logic that they use for the sport pilot certificate guidelines. And uh, that went through. It took a long time, but it, it went through. And so far that's proven out to be uh, wise stuff. It hasn't denigrated. Yeah, that's, that's how we got to single-engine IFR a few years ago. There been some resistance to that. The Canadians had gone ahead and done so yep. uh, a while back. Talking about single they had, they had IFR single for engine, 135 operations. Yeah, actually, yeah, exactly. Single-engine IFR for commercial operations. And uh, the Canadians did it for 10 years before the U.S. adopted it. But because they did it for that length of time, they were able to show that they had a significant improvement in safety as a result. And that's what you need to be able to show. And now we've had seven years with light sport, with, with the driver's license medical, so to speak. And guess what? Nobody's fallen out of the sky yet. So, you know, there you go. And several years ago, the FAA said that it would try to do its best to make its regulatory structure fact-based. Not, oh, gee, this sounds like a good idea, or not a good idea, but fact-based. So here are the facts. Right. And not like some of the instructions in my engine operating manual that have no bearing in reality. That's right. Well, thank you for stopping by, uh, Kate. Thank you. Thank you very much. Barry, thank you. And You're very welcome. Uh, we'll see you all, always. See you all around. Thank you. All right. This is, what was this, 278 uh, Delta. Delta. Delta Dawn.